In today's episode, it is a pleasure to introduce you to Irini Spirakis. Half Mexican, half Greek, born in the United States, she is a multilingual industrial engineer, a strategist with 10 plus years of experience in international companies with operations on three continents. She is working in the startup ecosystem, covering topics from the future of work to well-being, helping companies scale through on-demand C-level talents on a flexible basis, and developing their potential towards success. She has experience in marketing and events, and she has been in charge of developing new business lines, improving internal processes with cross-functional teams, and accountable for international accounts. Welcome today to another episode of Women's Council. We have with us today Irene Spiraikis, and we will be talking about the future of work in VUCA environments. Irene, welcome. Thank you, Maria, and thank you, Spiros. I'm really honored to be here with you today. We thank you. Uh, Irene, tell us a little bit about you. Well, um, I don't know how many of you might know, I am a multicultural person. I have three nationalities. I was born in the United States. I've lived most of my, my years in Mexico City. My father was Greek and my mother Mexican. And now I live in Madrid in Spain. I have been living here for around four years now, approximately. And well, I am about my profession. I am an industrial engineer, but I have been more focused in marketing, events, commercial, and now I'm in a transition into the operations management sector of the company I work with. I have been working in multinational companies, international multinational companies, and now I have been more immersed in the startup ecosystem, which is where I have been experiencing more the VUCA environment. For me, VUCA is present, is everywhere, change is present in our everyday lives, in our personal lives, in our professional lives. And especially now by working in a startup, I can say that I experience VUCA every day of my life. It's It's been an amazing adventure to be working in a startup. And well, that's why today we're going to talk about the future of work, right? Because it's precisely the startup I work at, it's Blue Cool. And what we do is that we connect companies um, to top leaders, to top independent leaders, helping them to get more comfortable in flexible ways of working. So this is something very interesting and maybe something more disruptive for traditional leaders that they may not be aware of this new way of working. I feel like everybody has been more concentrated in the pandemic and the shift this has meant for us in our daily lives. And, but no, change is, is actually present always, you know? And so now change has been more present in the workforce and we are seeing people being more motivated every day in, by working towards a purpose and towards a common vision. And precisely that's the main change that we are seeing in the workforce, right? People want to work by a motivation. People are tired of working just on a terms of nine to five shifts. So 
that's what we are seeing right now and what we have identified. And that's something we want to, to make possible. We want to reshape the way people work and to make it happen. Okay, that's wonderful. I'm going to focus on the a little bit on the being multicultural and being multilingual. That certainly helps in a book environment. Of course it does. Um, exactly. I, I speak four languages and I know a bit of several others. It's Spanish, English, Greek. Well, you know your Greek as well and French also. So, of course, it has been an advantage for me to, to speak these languages and to be able to develop in different kind of environments. So I have had the fortune to be able to work in international companies, as I mentioned before. And so this is very useful and also a career advantage as well, I might say. And this is also what makes it available for me to be speaking with you today. We can be speaking in Greek, we can be speaking in English, and I can make myself uh, understood to other people around the world. So. Yeah, it's very interesting and also being able to to travel around the world and to know other cultures, which is also part of change, you know, being able to adapt to different cultures and to different environments, well, that makes it easier in some way. Yes, it is so. What do you think is something that we need to do to adopt change? Well, that is indeed a very interesting question. Right, as I was mentioning about uh, fractional leadership and what we do at Blue Pool, I think that first of all, something that we must do to adapt to change is know ourselves, is self-acknowledgement. So we have to begin by there, right? So before you can be able to lead others or to, to be able to, to bear whatever encounter you have in front of change or other kind of situations, once you get to know yourself, you know, which are your weaknesses, which are your strengths, it becomes easier for you to, to step into this kind of new environments or situations that are presented into our everyday lives, right? For example, and this is not an easy process, let me say, this is something that takes a lot of work. And some people don't even get to, to manage it until they, they are in early stages of their life. So I must, I really want to encourage and I recommend people taking the time to get to know themselves as there is a book that I really, really like and I enjoy, which is The Seven Habits of the Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey. Amazing. And he presents seven steps to which uh, you can go toward leadership, right? And the first one, of course, is getting to know yourself. It's the part of being more dependent with yourself, then you learn to be independent, and then you learn to, to interact with other people in other situations. And this is very useful in both environments, in the professional level and the personal level. This is something very useful for the day-to-day. -day. And this is something that, by my experience, once I arrived to Spain, for example, this is something I didn't know myself. Actually, I didn't know who Irini was. And it was a very interesting process because I was faced to situations that I disliked. I was faced to situations. I didn't have a voice. I felt like I didn't have an identity. And so I spent a couple of years being by myself in a foreign country 
which is very difficult and not very easy to affront. And I had to encounter myself. I had to be with myself. I had to do a lot of work of reflection to understand um, who I was, what I like, what I dislike, where, which are my strengths, which are my, my opportunities. And well, once you get to discover that, and I don't mean that I have discovered myself entirely, right? This is an ongoing process for the rest of our lives. I've once you get to know the the keys of who you are then it makes it easier to adapt to new situations to be more flexible and to be more creative i could also say so it's very interesting yes indeed and that would be what i believe it's the best thing or the starting point to adapt to change mainly so change begins uh, on a personal level and then on a professional level or vice versa no, I believe, well, change happens all around us Doesn't and you happen. cannot avoid it. Yeah. It's something that is present in our everyday lives. And But I believe that by knowing yourself, by having this self-acknowledgement, then you get the opportunity to self-lead yourself. And that makes it easier. And, well, change is more bearable. Yes, indeed. Okay, so tell us about this uh, VUCA, from negative VUCA to positive VUCA, the future of our work environments with VUCA. Well, VUCA is, I think that it has had a negative perspective for some time because it's always related to change and to difficulties and to complexity and to uncertain situations, right? But nowadays, I think that VUCA can be seen or if people begin to see VUCA from a more positive position or perspective, it will be more useful to when people have to affront different situations or uncertain situations, right? We have the biggest example right now, which is the pandemic. But in fact, what, what I said at the beginning, people are more focused on the pandemic because it was a major shift in our lives. But actually, people were looking for change before that. People were actually a kind of, let me say, fed up of their jobs, fed up of their lives, and they want to change. But what made it possible was an, a black swan, which is usually called, right? And a situation we didn't know about and that makes a major shift in our everyday lives. And so if we begin to see things from a more positive perspective, like I'm going to explain what is the positive vision of VUCA, right? So we have VUCA is formed, I think that most of our audience may know, VUCA is formed by four initials, which is V for volatility, U for uncertainty, C for complexity, and A for ambiguity. And if we transform these to a positive point of view, then we have from the V of volatility to the V of vision. So this means that we have to be working towards the same purpose together. We have to have the same vision and share that vision and this also applies to a personal level and also to a professional level, as I mentioned before, and this is something that I highly recommend leaders to follow, is that we have to encourage working with the same purpose inside our companies. So that, that makes it easier, right? Then we have from uncertainty to understanding. This is highly important that we need to be transforming companies into a more human-centric companies. We have to be caring more of our employees, of our people, because we work with people. 
and, and you cannot control people. People are uncertain. But once you have understanding in, the, in this equation, then it makes it more easy for everyone because then you, you allow people to be more empathetic. You start listening to them. You start noticing what is happening to them and they appreciate that. They feel it. And that makes it easier for the environment to be more lightened. You know what I mean? That it's people are more happy working together. Every uncomfortable situation is more bearable and it just makes it easier for the everyday. And then we have what is complexity. And if we transform that to clarity, then we are talking about situations with transparency, with trust. Leaders today need to be more focused also in these two points because it is very important for the companies to which if we have, if we create spaces of trust in these companies, then it's for, for the employees and for everyone, it makes a situation of confidence. Well, that's what trust means, right? So what it helps is for people, you set an environment for failure to say so. So people are more comfortable by trying and repeating and learning. And this gives more space to a growth mindset. You know, there is an author I really like, which is Carol Dweck, and she talks about the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset, right? And this is very interesting because it helps us to, I think that in traditional ways of working, we used to be more adapted to fixed mindsets, you know? This is the way we do it and no, don't be creative and just do the things like we tell you to do. There was a more autocratic leadership, but now we have the opportunity of working with more um, adaptable leaders, right? That's what we're aiming forward to. We need leaders that are more adaptable, that they adapt to the people that work around them and not, well, everyone has to adapt, really. We need to be comfortable with everyone we are working with. And so that is clarity, building spaces of trust, building these environments in which everyone is comfortable working together and make it just more a, a happy environment. And then the last one is ambiguity, which is transformed to agility. I believe that many of us have been listening to agility, especially, well, I'm a, also a project manager. And so agility is agile methodologies and agile is all around, you know? But agility is not just uh, being fast and doing something. Agility means being flexible, being able to adapt to different circumstances, being able to, to respond to the uncertain. And as I told you, I'm, I'm working in a startup, so change happens every single minute. We are changing constantly. And, and not just by being in a startup environment, I think that everyone is affected by change. You know, what happens around us? We have new technologies every day. We have the, the launches of the new iPhone, launches of new social media, and our mobile phones are always ringing with new notifications, and we are bombed by a lot of information, which is called this intoxication we have of overload of information, right? So we need to be creating this positive buka environments to make it just softer and lighter for everyone to be able to keep on going and reacting to these situations, right? There's a metaphor. I am a person that likes a lot of watching movies and all these things. And I always 
take my own conclusions of, of the movies I watch. And for example, you, well, you know Titanic, right? And what happens with the Titanic? It had the ambition of going really, really fast, of advancing really, really fast. And that's what I feel our society is today. We want to go really fast. We have a lot of ambitions, but then what happens? Titanic crashed into an iceberg because they were just focusing on the goal of getting there before time. And that's something that's happening with companies today. They are focusing on the goals instead of focusing on taking care of their people. So I just like to make a question here. What do you want, what do leaders want for their companies or their personal lives to happen? Do they want to crash and sink and sink their people there with? Or do they want to be able to avoid crashing into an iceberg and deviating into different directions? So also I'm going to return back to the, the question about how do I adopt a change? And also I think that something really important to do is just make pauses in our lives, right? We need to pause sometimes to reflect what's going on, to, to be able to take care of the, our loved ones, to be with our, the people that are around us. This meaning also our employees, our spouses, our loved ones, our children, if we have or whatever, whoever is around you, whoever you care for, just take care of them and take care of you. That is highly important in today's lives. Because if you don't do that, then you're going to sink. That's an inevitable. Say I'm an employee in the company and I live in a negative VUCA environment and I want to turn it into a positive, but I don't have the skill set. What skills does someone need to have how can I do it? How can I turn it around? Well, first of all, I think that you need to understand your current situation. Where are you standing on today, right? So once you you understand this and you know who you are, you need to do a lot of introspective work with yourself, a lot of reflection, right? Um, like I mentioned before, it's, it's a work of self-awareness. And this begins by just one day, I would recommend sit, don't, don't use mobile devices, turn them all off and just do a little bit of reflection and think about who am I? What, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Do a little bit of asking around, ask for feedback, ask people what they think about you. How are they you per perceived by others? There's a really interesting exercise also, which is called the Johari window, I don't know if you're familiar with it, which presents four different situations, right? Which is um, the what is unknown, what people know about you, the unknown unknowns, what people uh, and what people and you don't know about you, and then the known unknowns, right? What is something that everyone knows but you don't know? Because sometimes people learn to identify things about yourself that you are not aware of. And I think that that gives you immense feedback and helps you to get a better understanding of yourself, right? So um, I think that is a very important exercise to do is just to ask people around you for some feedback, do some writing. If people like to have journals and they maybe can start having a register of what people used to say. And also I would dare to say um, have a mentor, find someone who inspires you, have a coach, a life coach, 
Um, for example, I have, I like being surrounded by people that are inspiring to me, right? And so most of the times when I have questions, I would ask them, how did you do this? How did you do that? Or how can I achieve this? How can I become that? You know, and people that inspire you can help you and guide you towards the better version of yourself. And I think that we have to learn to embrace ourselves entirely. We have to stop criticizing ourselves, criticizing what we don't like. No one's perfect. I understand that. And there are some aspects of ourselves that we are not, uh, that we don't like. And others that we have to learn to like. We have to learn to love about ourselves. And that's something really important to do. Because once you learn to love yourself, then you can become the best version of you in any kind of environment you want. So yeah, I think that that would resume what you asked me, right? That what I would recommend for people to learn to know themselves is to make these spaces of reflection, to pause the, the automatic pilot we are involved in the everyday and to, to listen, to listen what people think and have to say about you. Okay, so it all starts with know thyself. Yeah, I agree with that also. Exactly. So do you believe that personal experience, personal experiences are the, are the greatest lessons in life? Is that what we learn most from? Definitely. I think that every one of us has a special background, has um, a unique story, and that is what makes and defines our lives, right? And that's something that is also, it, it reflects in our personal and in our professional lives. And that's something that in my case, for example, I have experienced change in many ways of my life, right? I have been experiencing change since I was a kid. I mean, being born in the States, in the United States, going to live to a different country at the age of six, that was Mexico, then now, I had to experience also the death of my father. He passed away almost 10 years ago. And that is a very difficult experience to go through in a young age, at any age, really. And then going to live to another country at the age of 29, and it's a known country, a known culture, you have to affront different kind of situations. And it just becomes very uneasy sometimes. And also, our parents, our backgrounds, their backgrounds, the, the kind of education that they provide to you, it's something that marks you. It's something that imprints in your personality in our, every, in our everyday lives, right? And for example, I had also the experience in Mexico City, I was working in an agency where I had the opportunity, and this is also something that is meant to talk about change because I had the opportunity of leading a team of around 20 people when I was about like 26 years old, I had never led anyone in my life. I had always worked for someone. I had bosses, leaders, whatever you want to call them, right? But I had never had the opportunity to lead. And then what happens? Well, you're unexperienced. You have no idea what to do. No one tell, there's not a book. There's a lot of books of leadership, right? And that's something that Spiros and I was talking the other day about people can read about leadership, but what happens? in the day-to-day -day life when you want to apply what you have learned. It's not easy. It's not an easy task. And so I have this metaphor in my head, right, that I felt like I was like a little duckling that came out of the, 
of the eggshell and they told me they kicked me out of the of the edge and they told me okay go go fly fly away but i didn't know how to fly i didn't know how to sprint my wings and so what happened is that i made a lot of mistakes and talking about also self-acknowledgement is that i wanted to copy i wanted to replicate the leadership styles that i had seen in my previous bosses which i admire so much that i wanted to be like them huge mistake never try to be like someone else never do that it it cost me right. a lot it cost me a lot of suffering it cost me a lot of people i guess there were some people that were comfortable working with me but there were also people that were not and i couldn't understand why and it took me a lot of time to understand why that was happening i i I remember, I don't know if this girl is going to watch this podcast or not, but I remember there's a specific girl that gave me huge headaches at work because she was always telling me whatever I was telling her, the answer was no, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I don't agree. And I was like, why cannot we find the positive way to see things? Why cannot we find solutions? We need to start understanding how to work together. But of course, by not knowing who I was, what was my leadership style? How, how was I able to understand her? How was I able to understand her point of view? How was I going to be more empathetic? It was impossible. So that relationship could never work. So I, after that experience, it was before coming here to, to Madrid, Spain, I kind of like got obsessed with studying about leadership, studying about soft skills, studying about uh, how to be a better version of yourself. And it took me about two or three years doing all that work, all that personal work. And as I mentioned before, this is an ongoing work. It's progressive, so it never ends. And so, yes, I think that all these experience, I wouldn't be in Spain. I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't lived what I have lived or if I haven't experienced what I have experienced. And I'm quite sure that I still have a lot of experiences to go through and that they will be teaching me more and more in the way. So that is something that I also encourage people to do is just to, to live their life in the, be the best way possible, to acknowledge what is happening to them, to embrace change. Most of all, we have to embrace change. We have to keep an open mind toward new situations and just try to see everything the best way possible. There is also something I'd like to share and I think maybe we have some time left, yes. So there's something I'd like to share. What was happening when I was in this process of, of change? Because I was in my own process of change, right? So what happens is that I started to be a negative person for my environment because I was complaining all the time about, I don't like this, I don't like that, I'm, I'm not in a job I like, I'm not in the position I would like to be, my, my life situation is not what I liked. So I tried to make a shift because I was noticing that this was being damageful for my environment and for the people I was working with. And so I started being more grateful. And this is something I encourage people to do immensely. It's, Every time you wake up, just think about three things you are grateful for that day. And before going to sleep, think about three things you are grateful that happened in that day, right? And it, it takes some time 
to to be able to see things with this perspective with a more positive perspective but it's so helpful it's so so positive at the end and it helps you to 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 bear change it helps you to move forward to get out of your current situation and to just affront the next one and remain positive under all circumstances which is exactly which is very important overall so Irene, what would you recommend for future leaders or current leaders that are looking to change well that is a good good question as you know um well by working with leaders i work every day with ceos with founders with all these c-suite leaders right and we get to encounter different personalities but i think that what makes uh leaders future leaders or current leaders what i would recommend them is to always have an open mindset we have to be open to new ideas new ways of working this is something very important nowadays if we want to make a um an impact in today's world, we need to be open and we have to have a growth mindset. I was always saying before, right? We have to be able to be innovative, to find new ways of doing things. We have to experience new experiences and be open to doing that, right? We have to take risks. We, we have to not be afraid of what's going to happen. And also, we have to keep on learning every day, every day. We need to be learning constantly, being aware of new situations. I, I would recommend saying or not saying, I can't do that. We have to remove that from our vocabulary. We cannot be able to say, I cannot do that. You have to find the ways, how can I do that? You have to change the question. When you say, I cannot do that, change it. Think of ways of how you can you have you have to find the yes that's something i would i was always trying to to inspire when i had the team in mexico city i told them how can we find the yes yes it's possible so that's something that is very important and if you want to create if you want to innovate you have to find the yes in everything you do sometimes things are not possible we are not magicians we are not <laughs> we cannot make everything happen but with this positive mindset it becomes easier another thing i would recommend also is um well being more flexible of course and iterating the try uh, fail i know that failure is not a word that people are comfortable with but we need to fail and it's not it's not fail per se, it's more like try. You need to try things. You need to try, and if it doesn't go the way you, ex you expected it to go, then learn from it. For me, it's not about failure. Failure is not failure if you learn from the experience, if you make it a positive experience. Lesson. It's a lesson, exactly. So it's not failure. There is an expression that they say like, uh, try and repeat, right? Or something like that. And for me, it's more like try and learn. You need to try things and learn from those experiences. And that is also related to the question you made to me earlier, which is about um, when our, our backgrounds and our unique stories define ourselves, that is because we have been trying our whole lives. Even if you haven't noticed that, but we have been trying and trying to do different things. And from failures or from successes, you learn. But 
we usually learn more from our failures than from our successes because successes are always happy and enjoyable and they go unnoticed most of the times. But when something doesn't go your way, you're frustrated, you don't feel right. And you need to find ways to overcome that situation. And that's what we call resilience, in fact. So that's another skill that leaders today need to develop, resilience. We need to know how to overcome the uncertain situations we encounter day to day. So those are my main recommendations for leaders nowadays uh, or for new leaders to be. Okay. Um, I have I some questions you... now. Yes, Peter, please. <laughs> I heard you with very, uh, I, I was very impressed for the things that you discussed with uh, Maria. I, I will go from the latest one and, uh, and back. So you said that it is better to try things uh, and it doesn't matter if, uh, if you fail, but what if this um, has a cost for the company or for the startup? Well, that's a very good question indeed. Um, I'm a project manager, right? So I have been learning about the minimal viable product, the, the famous MVP. And also there is, uh, together with Scrum, which Scrum is a framework in which it's based on iterations. So from my point of view, if there are possibilities of not risking that much cost, you have to find the, the, the exact key or the exact formula to discover ways in which that is not costful for the company or the startups. That means when you iterate, there is another concept that I like very much, which is slicing. Mm. And that means do not think about the whole project. Do not think about having something 1% complete or perfect. I am a perfectionist, so this has been difficult for me to understand, right? And I'm a very structured person. But once you learn to slice your projects, to slice what you want to try in life, then the cost is reduced. There is no much risk in, in the cost you invest. And meaning cost, that could be money, that can be time, that can be any kind of cost related you, you put into what you are going to try to do, right? For example, in the startup environment, which I am currently working in, well, the model we, we have in Blue Pool, for example, it's an on-demand model for fractional leaders. And what this means is, according to the different needs of the companies that they are having in day to day, we can adapt the different kind of profiles they are needing, thanks to their experience and their expertise in the different areas they manage which is very interesting because in, instead of investing in a full-time profile for a long-term relationship, mm -hmm. you can invest in a shorter-term relationship mm -hmm. according working towards goals and towards results by focusing on these iterations, right? On this slicing. So you think about your, let me, let me tell you, you have to think always with a vision and with a purpose in mind, with an objective, but you have to be working by iterations, by slices, step by step. Steps. So you want steps. You want to try something, go for it. 
don't wait until something's perfect. Just go for it. Mm -hmm. Just make sure. In this case, for example, in Vukuo's case, you have to try working with a fractional leader. You have to try it because until you don't try it, then you're not going to know what it's like to work with a person that's going to be with you for a couple of hours or for an indefinite period of time. When you get your goal, when you when you have achieved your goal, then you're going to be thinking about your next goals. And then for maybe those next goals, you're going to be thinking about another kind of profile. So that's what makes this kind of model interesting. And if you apply it to different kind of areas inside the companies, well, that's very useful because then you don't have to think what happens with waterfall projects, for example. People think about the overall project. They have a specific budget for the whole project. But there's a lot of risk in that. If things don't go the way you have planned them to go, there's a lot of risk involved. But the reality is that nowadays, that's really, really hard to do, to have a huge project. And I, I also understand that there are some industries that need these projects to be more established, which are like, for example, architects or more traditional projects that really do need a more specific way of working. But in VUCA environments, in places that we have to manage change and adapt to it easily, I would recommend thinking of this trying with not that much of a cost in mind by slicing by step by step. So making the long story short, it is uh, according to what the project is, prioritize and um, try to do experiments with the uh, lowest in the in the list of the prioritization. Well, most of the least priority, I would go with what is going to get you closer to your goal? Mm -hmm. Good. Awesome. So as in this question, we involve the leadership styles and things again. Uh, the first, it is a question with two, uh, two parts. The first is what about the followers and what their uh, role in a procedure in a project is? Um, and the second part of the question is, you believe that it is better to each one to find his or her leadership style or to be able to change from style to style according to the situation and the, um, the pace of the project? Okay. Uh, the first question I just want to understand when you say followers, what do you mean with followers? In order to have leaders, we need followers. And in oh, order okay. to have followers, we need leaders. So it is a uh, vice versa roles. Okay, so what happens with the followers, you mean? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, when, well, leaders naturally have followers. If, if not, they are not considered leaders, right? Because yes. leaders have the power of influence and to make a difference and make an impact towards others. Mm -hmm. So I feel that leaders nowadays, leaders nowadays don't need to have the title of being a leader. They don't need necessarily to be CEOs or, or directors or top management, right? We can be a leader. You see leaders in kindergarten. You see mini leaders that are telling their friends, let's go to the playground and let's do this and let's do that. And they're not telling them what to do, but they're 
they are inspiring other kids or other people to to just go with them. For example, now in my master's degree, I had some examples, right? Which is, they were some leaders that would, was were able to move the group towards things we had to do, towards tasks. And they were also the kind of leaders that were more, the, the more uh, extroverted leaders that were the ones that organized going out for parties and going out uh, to have more distressful in situations, right? So we have leaders all around. You just need to acknowledge, and this is following your second question as well, that is if we have to adapt to different situations, but I really think that this is related to knowing yourself because once you know yourself, then you are able to adapt as a leader to different situations and to different kind of personalities of the people that you are working with. So yes, today's adaptable leadership is a style that is very demanded because we need to be adapting ourselves to the different kind of personalities. But when you know yourself, then it makes it easier to know and identify who you are talking with, to be more empathetic, to be more assertive as well in your communication toward other people. I love a lot the differentiation that you gave uh, according to the I can't do and uh, the change of how I can do that. But I also love the, the exercise that you referred to. What is the name of the exercise again? Which one? The one that you have to... The one with the window. Oh, the Yohari window. Okay. So, Irini, what, uh, why is um, your startup uh, ideal for uh, the people who are listening to us? My, my best recommendation is... Uh, yes, yes, sorry, sorry, yes. Is to be the, the founder and the leader of your own life. You okay. don't need to be a startup founder or a startup CEO just to make an impact in the world and to change things on how they are today. You can be, you have to own your life, embrace your life, take care of yourself, and take care of others. Be be more kind, be more human-centric, and and make a difference in this world. That would awesome. be my main recommendation. Awesome. Why someone have, uh, to hire you, you and your uh, colleagues, I mean, your, uh, your company? Well, because we are a very flexible company in which we offer flexible profiles and these people are able to make a difference. They have been, we work with, with profiles that have been making a difference from more than 15, 20 years of experience they have. They are able to make a change, to make real impacts, to make, to, to help companies achieve their objectives in a okay. more easy way. And they help people, founders, CEOs and companies reduce the risk of making mistakes, losing money in the way and losing time. What we were talking about losing money and the costs and the risks that are involved, well, are the model we, we propose in this new work environment in the new in the workforce is precisely that. These people have done that, have been there, and they know what to do and what not to do. So okay. they have the ability to to lead other founders or newcomers in, in business to where they have to go. They help them where, navigate in VUCA. <laughs> and where can our listeners or our viewers find you? 
Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn by my name, Irini Spirakis, and also by tagging maybe Blue Cool, and that would be easier. Okay, so the, the website of Blue Cool is www.bluecool.com. Awesome. Uh, Irini, thank you very, very much. Honored and pleased to have you here with us. Uh, thank you also for answering my questions. Maria, the, court, the ball is in your court. Okay, Irini, I love today's episode. Uh, authenticity and adaptability, two of my favorite words, not only in the workplace, but I believe as human beings, we have to have these traits. So it was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you for your insight. And I wish you the best. Thank you very much to both of you. It's been a, a true pleasure being here. And I hope that with these advices and it, it helps someone out there and just by helping one people, I would be more than glad and happy to, to have been doing this. So thank you for the space and thank you for your time. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Bye-bye to all. Bye, everyone.